a priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode Eddie George of the Untitled Catholic Podcast. That's 27 for those who don't follow football or the Tennessee Titans. Nolan, how are you doing right now? I'm awesome. We're recording at night, and it's like my favorite time to record. Yeah, I kind of agree. I like recording at night, too. But it seems like every time we record at night, we don't have Justin. We have Joe Moncada. Oh, you didn't still... let me say it. If you would have waited one more second, I would have said, Joe Moncada. <laughs> well, now you said it anyway, so we're good. Yeah, like, like the French say, uh, bonjour. You are the only guest to have appeared four times. I'm actually like really honored by that because I don't even know how to read and you guys uh, allow me on here to uh, voice my my thoughts and stuff. Four jo- people Joe's have more of, more than just like a guest. Joe he's, Joe's like Joe has like an affiliation with the show. Yeah, he's a co-host. He's a guest host. This is the fourth time you've been the guest host, or the third time you've been the guest host, but the fourth time you've been on the show. Yeah, I take ownership. Like I promote. Well, now John McQuaid's the owner of the podcast, so... (laughs) Kombucha. We don't have to say that anymore. He sent me an article recently about how kombucha destroys your stomach. And he said, if you drink drink too much of it. And he's like, now you don't have... Right. He's like, you don't have to drink as much anymore because for those shameless plugs. (laughs) When will we learn in this life that, like, too much of anything is a bad thing? Like, there's literally, like, almost nothing aside from Jesus that you can have too much of. Right. And grace, which is Jesus, basically. Right. Yeah. That's a little Uh, bit heretical. I mean, let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about, I wonder how much pizza I can eat before it's actually not good for me. I mean, one slice of pizza is not good for you. I mean, I've eaten a whole pie by myself. I could probably do that if I set my mind to it. That's just like a midnight snack for me. There was a a few weeks ago I was visiting my parents, and I didn't eat lunch, and I had a light breakfast, so I was very hungry, and I had four slices of pizza. And I could have had a fifth, but I was like, I'm not going to do that right now. Are you just prepping yourself for Lent? Uh, not. I mean, I'm not gonna give up pizza, so I wouldn't consider that like a prep. But You'll like, cut it to like three slices for Lent. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's because Lent's <laughs> penitential. But I'm prepping myself in Lent because I always give up like sweets and stuff. That's not the only thing I do, but I I find that that's like a. It's not so much of like it's because it's hard, but it's just extra. It's extra penitential. It's like I think that's a good fast. Mm. To enjoy some of, not to enjoy. I think it's like, it's just one of those things that just makes sense. It's not like the thing that I do that defines what I do for Lent. Does that make sense? Okay, I said makes sense. sense like six times in like two minutes. <laughs> Remember that makes time sense. I gave up pizza for Lent? And then the first pizza I had on Easter Sunday was a Little Caesars bacon wrapped crusted pizza. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I made. And then you gave up Lent for uh, get pizza for another forty days. <laughs> <laughs> I made. I think your father was genuinely upset about that. Yeah, he was I, like, "Of all the pizzas you could have eaten, you had Little Caesars." I don't even know where there is a Little Caesars around here. There's one in Elmont. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually a little embarrassing because we're from New York and 
mean, well, you know, pizza. When I was when I gave up pizza for Lent, they were trying to promote their like bacon crusted pizza that according crusted to the advertisement, being the key word. <laughs> according to the advertisement, had over three feet of bacon on it, and it just kept calling me. So after <laughs> after after the nine o'clock mass, I just went straight to Little Caesars and got the pizza, <laughs> like the Easter Vigil nine o'clock mass. Yeah, no, like nine a.m. So I oh. waited. So I waited. So I waited like they opened up at like ten forty five. So I had to wait like fifteen minutes. I waited outside, oh. and, I, and I went in there and I got a fresh one, not like the ones that were sitting out there. Speaking of pizza and John McQuaid, it was like a few days before Christmas, and uh, we went to go see a movie. So we stopped at Seven Eleven before we went to the movie, um, and there was like a pizza. Like one slice left that was under that hot lamp, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And right I was, next to the, 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 the footlongs. Yeah, yeah. And I said to him, I will pay for that pizza if you eat that. And he was like, okay. So I was like, uh, you know, I'll take this, I'll take that, and uh, I'll take one of those pizzas. And the guy was like, which pizza? And I was like, that pizza. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. No, you don't want to eat that pizza. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I know it's probably not that good, but I'll 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 just take the pizza. And he's like, "No, no, no, no. That's been out all day. You don't want to eat that pizza." And I was like, "No, I well, I know it's probably not that good, but I'll I'll still take it." And he goes, "Hold on." And he goes in the back and gets the manager, and the manager's like, "No, no, no. That pizza's no good. You don't want to eat that." Why would that. they leave it out then? I don't know. And then they were I was like, "No, no. I want to get the pizza." And he goes, "All right, but we're not going to charge you for it." So the the deal I think was that if he ate the whole thing, I would pay for it. I was like, well, now you don't have to eat the whole thing because I didn't pay for it. He he, I took a bite, and it was disgusting. He ate most of it, and on Christmas Eve he was like violently ill. Oh man! So that pizza beat him. Sorry, they John. They warned McQuaid. you. Yeah, they warned you. He might not want us telling this story. I don't think it's a bad story. Whatever. He hasn't he's officially stopped sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, he hasn't really officially sponsored us yet. So yeah. if he doesn't, then I'm back to being the owner. Kombucha. <laughs> Speaking of kombucha, our a friend of the podcast, Jay, finally, well, not finally in the sense that like she said she was going to do it and did it, but it was finally warm enough for her to ship the Celray soda. Now, you've had this soda before, right, Nolan? I have. I have. We used to have a... Uh... An awesome Jewish deli called Boomies next to the uh, parish I used to work at, and they they sold celery soda amongst other um, you know beverages that were uh, that were rare. And, Just uh, like, but I, I actually did it with a, a bunch of uh, middle school kids one day. They they, they dared me to uh, to drink it because we were getting uh, we were getting lunch, and um, I was like, I'll try some celery soda. You're a regular St. John Bosco. Mm-hmm. The color of the can just looks unappealing. It's a green, like it looks like Slimer. Like remember that Slimer? Yeah, I from see? Nickelodeon. Is that yeah, a trade? Can I say Nickelodeon is that trademark? Yeah, I don't. If I you can somehow get it. someone to drink it without looking at it, you could probably pass it off as like, you know, a, a bootleg like Sprite or Mountain Dew. Is it Dew, like it's like, like Sprite? It doesn't taste anything like Sprite. So why'd you just say you could make it seem like? Oh, if you the if color it of the can, you're okay. gonna love that yeah. can. Like if you were like like shoved in their face, like here, have some Sprite real quick. It's Doctor Brown's Sprite. Yeah, lemon lime. 
Would it? How would you describe it before we try it? Celery in soda form. <laughs> it, it, does it taste like celery? I love celery. If I remember right, it didn't really taste like celery. It tasted worse. Do you like celery? I do like celery, but all right, all right we just gotta do it. Yeah, let's just we're gonna just do, it do it live. I'm gonna give you a little bit so that you don't have to be punished. I have I have orange cream soda to chase it down with. Is that good, or you want more? That's pretty good. Like a piece of rice. Right. good. Ready? One, two, three. Cheers. The world peace. It's actually not as bad yeah, as I, I don't expected. think it's that bad at all. I was expecting something like vile. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I don't, I don't yeah, but this, it's not like sweet, right? Like there's no like no. sweetness to it. There's a certain amount of sweetness. It's like... um. We use this word a lot, but it's like earthy, like earthy soda. <laughs> like I feel like it's like a, like a worse, like a really bad version of ginger ale. Yeah, it tastes yeah. like ginger ale that was left out. <laughs> so well, we, we all these drinks we drink just taste like something else has been left out for a while. <laughs> <laughs> like what did you say? Kombucha has been like mushrooms have been left out. For yeah, it's a like while. It's, it's fermented, but that's what it is—fermented mushroom. Mm. This is not... Do you want more? No, I'm good with my cherry... I mean, my orange vanilla soda. Well, if, you, if you've if you gone back for a couple different sips, then it, it must I'm not I'm going to finish thing. it, even if it's disgusting, because uh, I don't want to waste it. I would never buy this. I wonder if Dr. Brown studied at the same university as Dr. Steve Brule. <laughs> no, Dr. Emmett Brown. It's the guy from Back to the Future. It's Doc. <laughs> he went but back... But did he study at the same university as Dr. Pepper? I don't know. Dr. Pepper, the Dr. Pepper Museum. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Dr. Pepper would never make it, make junk like that, that's for sure. So Dr. Pepper Museum, we went once with Kyle when we were in Waco, Texas. Oh my gosh. It wasn't, anyway, we won't get into that. I think we've already talked about that on the podcast. You've told the story before, yeah. Oh. So Nolan, uh, how's your life been? My life has been good after... Like a January that consisted of a lot of days off, as I'm sure you guys had too. Um, yeah, it was it was actually like tough. I know you can start crying for me now. Um, to have a full like five days in a row of working. Yeah, I'm on the same boat. But some uh, late nights too. So. Yeah, January's felt like a whole 256 days. Mm. <laughs> Being back at school and whatnot. Uh, I think when this airs, will the, the Super Bowl will have passed at this point? Yeah. So, I'm just I'm just sitting here admiring admiring your beard for all you listeners out there. It's like uh, Nolan just looks like Samson right now with that beard. It's ferocious. I dig it. Are you are you aspiring to grow it this long? Yeah, I'm actually. You're, having, um, you're comfortable where it's at. I, I I would like to get it that long. I don't know if it could get that long. I'm in my postseason beard mode right now. So we're rendering our the postseason for the track team. Uh, we had our league championships. Postseason, like after the season, waiting for the next season? Like or? championship okay, season, like, yeah. Like playoffs. 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 Yeah, playoffs. So uh, we had I'm league championships sure last week. I've ever had, had a- I'm trying to get there. All the, uh, this is not going to be shaved or trimmed until nationals, which is mid-March. And right now, today is February 1st. So... Trust the process. So that, that bad boy could get longer. Yeah, I'll be putting my beer conditioner in. 
How about you, Father Sean? How have you been? I'm doing well. Most of the people probably think I was in Nashville for uh, three weeks. So they'll think that I had a long vacation. But um, that feels like months ago. Even though it was just about a month ago. I tell you what. We've gotten some great, great feedback on the Monsignor McDonald episode. Yeah, but not as many people are listening than I that I thought. Really? They're not sharing with other people, but that's all right. Yeah. I feel like we but, can but, never top that now, and we should just quit. Part of me thinks yeah. that. Put like a well, Michael Strahan, just quit, we'll <laughs> retire yeah. when we're on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although Joe said that he was talking about confession with the students, and he was using stuff that we said... In the podcast. Yeah, that actually came in really clutch. What I love about uh, Kellenberg is that we have these days of reconciliation. We have a whole bunch of priests come through and give kids the opportunity to go to confession. Uh, And some of them could be really intimidated by it. And I quoted as best as I could um, a whole bunch of things. You've talked about confession on the podcast a lot. I just try to recall... As best as I could, some of the stuff you said, for example, like, um, well, if God knows everything, like, why do you have to go to confession? Uh, Well, we're only human, you know, so uh, in order for us to move onward and to grow, uh, it just feels like a weight lifted off our shoulders when you hear someone say, I forgive you, your sins are absolved, you know what I mean? And I think the, at least from my point of view, I think the kids really took that to heart, so... Um, I saw a whole bunch of kids waiting in line for confession today, so I'll take that as a as a win. Well, then it was all worth it, um, and we should continue. That should be our sign that we should continue this podcast because if if even we're helping the little guy like Joe Monblaga, then it's all worth it. That's how I kind of feel because I was wondering recently, like I don't know, like who really listens to us? I mean. I like to think that we're leading people to trust the process. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a little break. Welcome back to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. This is Joe Moncada's beatboxing our, uh, our interlude music. We're not going to put anything there, right? We're just going to have him. I don't know. <laughs> we, might, we, might just, we might try to match them up and see if you could tell the difference between the real song and then Joe's version. We're doing it live. So before we were talking about um, now this, this Lenten season is like a, a weird one because uh, Ash Wednesday falls on valentine's day which i think is a made-up holiday and then um easter's on april fool's day uh but like it think there's like a certain amount of irony because ash wednesday is like a fake holy day of obligation in the sense that like it's not a holy day of obligation if you don't go to mass that day if you don't get ashes you don't have to go to confession for that. But, like, people go out of their way and bend over backwards. I remember talking to a guy that was, like, basically saying to me, he's like, you know, is God going to be mad at me that I didn't get ashes on Ash Wednesday? He's like, I tried, but I, I couldn't get out of work and blah, 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 blah. And he kept going on and on about Ash Wednesday and how, like, he, like, felt really guilty about not being able to go. And I was like, dude, like, you don't need to go. Yeah. 
No, like, people, I mean, I just remember when I worked at the parish, like, people would, like, barge into the rectory, like, from, like, in between, like, jobs or, like, you know, on their work break, and, like, they, you know, they couldn't make, make mass of the service, so they, you know, bust in looking for ashes, like, you know, as if, like, you know, the ashes was going to give them superpowers or something. <laughs> it's just dirt. And then even, yeah. when I remember back in my Hasha days, uh, as an extraordinary minister, we moved our mass time to better fit the students schedules and i remember the uproar that it caused with like the the faculty like the the staffers and stuff like that how could you move the mass time i need my ashes well it's we're a student-run organization we have to cater to the students right well i need to get my ashes i don't know what i'm gonna do now it's it's so weird it's it's so weird because the the reality is there are a lot of people on ash wednesday who will do everything they can to get out of their jobs or to go in late or to leave early to get ashes. And those same people would not even consider trying to get to Mass on, like, a holy day that fell on on a weekday. Or a Sunday. Right. Right. Or even that. So I, when I was my senior year in in college, I had worked on a, a, a video project with my friend the year before he had graduated it got into the long island film festival so the festival when the when this video was going to be premiered was on ash wednesday so i went to to mass and i got ashes and i and i went to this event with ashes on my head and he knew i was religious he didn't like bat an eye and then his sister came and she had ashes on her head and he was like why do you got ashes on your head and she was like, well, Sean has ashes. Why didn't you say that to him? He goes, because he goes to Mass on Sunday. He's like, you, you don't go to Mass. And she was like, well, we're Catholic. That's just what you do. And he was like, why? He goes, and we're not really Catholic. We, we don't we don't really go to church. or I don't know if he even believes I was going to say, how tempted were you to be like, no, if you were really Catholic, you'd go to Mass on Sunday. He said it for me, so I didn't have to say it. But it just, it amazes me. It amazes me about, like, I don't know what it is about the ashes. It's like, and it always, um, I mean, I, I'm never, as the listeners know, I can never quote scripture perfectly. But what's the parable of like uh, when Jesus is saying, uh, when you're pray, praying, don't make it appear that you're praying. Like, yeah. like, the, like the, the hypocrites are just praying out in mm-hmm. the open. Like, oh, everyone, I have to make it known I'm a Catholic. Like, if you know you, they to you and you true to yourself that you're a Catholic and you're doing what you're supposed to do. You don't have to be like shove it in other people's face, you know what I mean? Right. Although or to, or to build up the facade that yeah, you're Catholic. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good for Catholics to get the ashes cuz it it shows who we are and and there's a certain amount of like public witness to it, but I think it's like it's almost like a mainstream holiday where I feel like even people who aren't Catholic get ashes on Ash Wednesday. Yeah. It's it's it, and it is a teachable moment, you know. It's it's there. There's worse problems to have in in a sense because that it's an opportunity, you know, to call people back to the church and to the faith. But think about this for a second. So, at our school, we have a a, a large number of international students who are from China, mo- mostly China, but a few other places, and and they they're here. Um, living during the school year with host families and going to school. And they, they come from countries, specifically China, that have no religion. Like, they they don't know what a Catholic is at all. Now, obviously, 
going to school in a Catholic school, they're going to learn the faith and they're going to learn things about our way of life and spirituality. But just think of somebody like coming from like a country like that to our country, you know, spending like a couple of years here. They might actually like, like if someone says to them when they go back home, what are those Catholics all about? They might like really just be like, oh, those are the ash people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like once a year, they get like, as if that was like the pinnacle, the, the everything of our faith. Oh, those are the people that get ashes on their forehead once a year. It, 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 I don't know. It's it, a really weird cultural phenomenon. I, the, the, this, I used to go to, um, uh, physical therapy and I went, I brought ashes there once on Ash Wednesday because they said like, oh, they can't get out. And then I was like, well, does anyone want to go to confession? Because I could hear confessions in this empty room and they were all like, oh, no, we're okay. I was like, all right. So we're acknowledging our sins on our forehead, but we don't want to confess them. Yeah. I tried all the time to get them to go to confession. I remember my I was like distributing ashes for the first time in my freshman year of college. And there was a lady that bought a Ziploc bag. She goes, I remember can, that. Can you just put the ashes in the Ziploc bag? And I just remember, I think it was Father Fitz at the time, just looking at him like, I don't know, do I, do I put ashes <laughs> yeah. in this Ziploc bag for this lady? Like, it has, like, like, like spiritual properties or something. I, I don't know. I mean, it's blessed. It's blessed. Yeah. yeah. I always thought um, it was weird that, that, that the people at the parish would come again and, like, you know, in between masses or, like, you know, they, they were running late for their, their job, but they wanted to get their ashes and they would show up and be, and be like, uh, you know, I'm just going to ash myself. Like, that just sounds weird. Like... All right, like all the power to you, like whatever floats your boat. But like, I don't know if you. I feel like if you're saying like I'm gonna ash myself, then you've definitely got it all wrong. I I last year I felt really bad. This one guy came in and he was like, "I need to get ashes to my wife because she's very sick." And I'm like, I wanted to say like you, it, the ashes mean the ashes mean nothing. It it just they don't it, it's it's barely like a sacramental. Yeah. It's like it's like it's literally just dirt that had holy water put on it, and 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 then I I don't know which I, essentially I you could just dip your hand in the uh, in the uh, the holy water font when you walk in the church. Yeah, and it's all brown. It's all like dark and cloudy. It's <laughs> disgusting. But um. so then I I said to the guy I was like, listen, like we can't. There's just too many things going on. I don't. I don't. I don't even have thirty minutes in a row free today. Like I can't. By the time I started driving, I'd have to turn around and get back. And he's like, "Well, my wife. I'll bring her. Can you, if I bring her, can you give her ashes?" And I said, "Yes." And then so, and then, but my favorite thing about Ash Wednesday is that uh, the pastor here has this like stuff that you put on your hand that I think is meant for like mechanics, and it gets all the ashes off. Mm. Except for yeah. the, the, the the stuff that goes underneath your nail, it gets it all off. Even in like the, it, like your fingerprints, you know how it like stays yeah. in there. It gets it all off, and it smells like oranges. It's great. That's close. Don't lemons do the same thing? Like lemon juice. Lemon juice might get it off, but this is this is like a gritty kind of like it's meant for mechanics who are working with yeah. oil and stuff like that. Well, uh, there is there is definitely some irony with Valentine's Day being the same exact day because as you said ash wednesday is kind of like a fake holy day of obligation valentine is like a fake day of obligation for couples 
Yeah, this is my favorite time in well, to be like uh, celibate. Yeah, I don't need to get anyone a Valentine's Day card or anything like that. I am grateful I have a, a wife who agrees with me that that Valentine's Day is a sham, and so we don't celebrate it. And yeah. she really believes that. <laughs> no, she really does. Good. Like she, yeah. So uh, yeah, I lucked out. But uh, so we we joke about it together, you know. But yeah, the fact that some guys lose their lose their minds or have to lose their minds to get candy or roses or stuff like that to celebrate a Hallmark holiday. It's it's sad. I'm all sorts of single at this point, so I have nobody to worry about <laughs> to get a Valentine. It's just me, myself, and pizza on Valentine's Day. That's depressing. Is it? <laughs> the way you it's said depressing. it is depressing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, my... It sounds kind of good to me, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just love that... For, for, uh, to go to Easter be on April Fool's Day is clutch for me because it's such a huge family celebration and April 1st is my dad's birthday. Hey, how about them apples? So we get to celebrate the resurrection and the birth of my father. This year. This year. And the um, next year it'll be a different thing. Imagine if like, I, I just picture of this like, just renditions of the resurrection. Like Jesus like rolling back the tombs like, April Fool's, I'm alive guys. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so somehow I feel like that's wrong. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah, I don't it's know. I'm just a lay person. We're willing to walk that line, I guess, here on the Untitled Catholic Podcast. <laughs> Why stop now, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think one of my favorite conversations I've ever had, and not because it was necessarily like a good conversation. It was good in the sense that I was saying what I wanted to say. But I was talking to someone that I would say is a holy roller. Mm-hmm. Um, no one knows who this is. And uh, the person was mad at me because we were with a group of teenagers. And, uh, you know, I, I think that we've had this conversation before that you have to kind of get really close to the line sometimes to get them to pay attention. Because if you're dealing with somebody who, who doesn't really believe or mm-hmm. who thinks like the church is out of touch or like priests are weird or old or whatever you know and you know don't know what people are really it's like not or, normal yeah whatever what all, all those things so like you you get to that line and you you kind of walk the tightrope trying to keep that balance between being appropriate and 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 being able to reach them and uh you know, this person was very mad because of how close I got to the line. But if, I, I mean, when I say going over the line, I'm not like, you know, like getting drunk with a bunch of high school kids. I'm not talking about no. something crazy like that. We're no. not talking about Virtus violations or anything like that. Side hugs. Yeah, side hugs and head pats. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you, you're talking more about like sarcasm, right? And, right, and... sarcasm, you know. Joking around. I would, and like, I would say, really, you were just being facetious. Bless you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that, 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 com- you remember the conversation, right? I do remember the conversation. That was yeah. only, that was part of it. Yeah. It wasn't like the kind of sarcasm that's like really cutting and like scarring. Right. It wasn't like, it was like me saying to Nolan like that we wish that Kyle was still on. We actually like Nolan. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, yeah, I don't know. Walking the line. But I find, like, Ash Wednesday is a chance when you get some of those people. 
Ash Wednesday is a fun day to preach because he's like you're talking to people where I would say at least 70% of the people at one time mm-hmm. have not been to mass um, in a long time. If if the service is even a mass or yeah. you know what I mean? I did always enjoy and I and it was noticeable that at least for for the Lenten season um, that the number of students at mass would always grow. During yeah. that Lenten time, and it's at least they're giving it a shot. Like they're trying to uh, to make it work. Like you would go from maybe five people on our Wednesday mass, Wednesday night masses, to like a solid fifteen or twenty people on a Wednesday night mass. Oh, and then the the full the Sunday mass being packed out. No, this is at Hasha when I was a student there. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, because and and it, you you also pair with like a like a New Year's resolution kind of thing. Like people maybe want to try to go to mass more, so. They use it as a nice opportunity to capitalize on, on something like that, and th- and those yeah. kids, uh, every now and then, be, be, they become lifers essentially after that. They, they realize, oh, okay, maybe there's something I could get behind, you know, and then then you feel like you've done something right. And I think those things are. I mean, I don't want to say more meaningful because giving up something could be very meaningful, and I'm sure we'll talk more about this kind of stuff as we get closer to Lent, but. Um, I think, you know, that, that, like, doing something like going to Mass more or, like, little things to grow in our prayer life um, are are both, um, you know, just a little deeper, I guess, for for, for people these days mm-hmm. and um, a little more long-lasting and fruitful life, I believe. Because, I mean, people, people give up stuff all the time, whether it be for diets or New Year's resolutions, but... That idea of like adding something to your spiritual life. And as we've heard before, if fasting without prayer is just a diet. Right. So prayer is where the relationship with God happens. And on that note, time to take a break. Welcome back to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. As we said before, we don't know who won the Super Bowl because we refuse to watch it. No, we don't know who won the Super Bowl yet because we recorded this before it happened. But I was before we started recording, I was hanging out with Joe and we were talking about um, different things. And one of the things that came up was the like athletes and how um, I think as a society we tend to uh, – I think we do this with celebrities, but I think – athletes a little bit more is we, we kind of dehumanize them to the point where they become just like statistics we, we stop seeing them as people like i i'm thinking of at least sticking in the theme of the super bowl scott norwood who missed the field goal that allowed the giants to beat the bills in he's in a hero super bowl he's a hero for you but he's he's a, <laughs> a loser for the people of buffalo or somebody like um What's his name? Bill Buckner, who the the ball went through his legs, and the Mets were hero. able to. Yeah, he's a hero for us. But <laughs> an, like, an enemy, I was gonna say a goat for the other team, but now goat means good things. Um, oh, or yeah. what's that kid's name that um, in in the Cubs guy who dropped who, who interfered with the ball? Henry Rowan Gardner. No, that not that guy. He was the rookie of the year. Um, <laughs> Henry <Gardner>. Rosenzweiler. Rosengarden. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> What's the guy talking like, about? Bartman. 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 Yeah, Steve Bartman. Like people like threatened to kill these people. 
it's absurd, man. It's like it's it's like they're modern day gladiators. Yeah, it's like they're just objects, and like, and there's so many avenues you could take this. You could take it from from like what you were just saying, like like a player misses a field goal and they receive death threats. You could go on the collegiate level when you're piggybacking off these kids. You're piggybacking off kids and making money off their likeness. Uh, but but you're not really making money off their likeness, quote-unquote. But you're using their jersey number, so we know whose jersey you're trying to sell. Mm. It, it's, uh, it's upsetting. It, you yeah, got, people are nasty. It, and so social media has made it so much worse because, you know, I, I would hope that, that, that these people have the just the common sense not to even bother checking like the comments that people make but you know people you know behind the computer screen you know now they have access to these athletes and you know i get mad at like athletes on my teams because like they don't perform or because like i wanted my team to win but i would never say something like you know i hate this player or, right like, I, I, I can't, you know and actually mean it or like you know, I would never, certainly never say something to them or want them to feel like, you know, I, I wanted, uh, you know, harm to be done to them because they didn't, they didn't win for my team. Some people take it that far, though. It's sick. It's sick. And, like, I, I mean, like, when you're in the heat of the moment, you're watching the game, and you get mad, and you start yelling stuff. And, like, even that isn't necessarily healthy. Because no. if, if you think about it, like, our lives don't really ch- like if the Mets win the World Series, I probably will cry out of joy. But I kind of feel like that's a bad thing that I care that much about something that means so little. Yeah, it's a game. Not not to mention that the game means more to them because it's their livelihood. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like I think of my Matt Dodge a couple years back for the Giants, the the punter. And, like, that was his livelihood. And, yeah, he wasn't the best player, but I guarantee the fans didn't help. And then he, that he lost his livelihood as a result. You know, that was, his, that was the way he supported his family. And, and, and really, I, we're just living vicariously through them. Yes, yeah. Which is kind of pathetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's why coming we, from a diehard sports fan. You know? And we play video games where we can pretend that, you know, to be in control of things that we're not really in control of. <laughs> or or we follow, we'll follow them on social media, and I could see everything that Odell Beckham is doing on a, on a 24-hour basis. And then, like, when, yeah, it's just, I think the whole thing is kind of amazing, and I think we're all a little bit guilty of it. But, like, it, you know, they're people. And, like, when you look at somebody who's, you know, having, who has a bad season... And then sometimes you find out years later that they were having trouble in their marriage. And, yeah. And like, how is this? Like, this guy's supposed to go out there. How do you pay attention to it? Is this a fastball, curveball, a slider? If you're thinking, mm-hmm. am I still going to be with my wife next week? You know what I mean? How do you yeah. pay attention? Like, regular people going to work, it's got to be distracting to them. And they don't have millions of people watching them. And I'm, I think of, like, Tory Smith when he was on the Ravens the year they won the Super Bowl. His, I think it was his brother, uh, passing away on a Saturday, and then th- the next Sunday, he's there to, in the playoff game. I think that's when they beat the Patriots in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, was AFC. It, it was in the AFC, excuse me, AFC Championship game, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. ima- like, like you said, I, c- I can't imagine going 
to teach the next day after my if 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 God forbid a sibling of mine were to pass away, right. let alone playing one of the biggest games of your life. Yeah. What happened in the NBA playoffs last year too? Didn't Isaiah Thomas lose his sister and then like that night had like a playoff game or something? Yeah. I, I don't know about that, but I also remember what is this was it Edison Volquez on the Royals? His he didn't father know though. Yeah, he he didn't know that his father died. And he's pitching in the World Series against the Mets. But I think he found out before the before the game was over. He might have found out before the game ended. And and Brett Favre played on that Monday night game after his father died. Oh yeah. Like all these kind of things like you have millions of people but mo- like imagine if like they just wanted to keep it to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it, and there it, are it, some there are some cold-hearted people out there who would not even care about stuff like that, which is really sad. But just the fact that they're knowing that, like, like they have to tell a, a group of people they've never even met or seen this tragedy happened to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you 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 gotta think that a lot of these players, and and you see it like in a lot of their post game interviews, like, oh, thanks be to God for my play today. Like, even if it's a loss, like I gotta thank God for being able to playing the sport that I love, you got to imagine that a lot of these players, like it's because of their faith that allows them to do something like this. Like, um, like I think of Russell Wilson. He's a very, very faithful guy. He's lost on the biggest stage. He's won the Super Bowl. He's lost the Super Bowl. Uh, but he always talks about his faith. It's like, you know, yeah, it's a loss, but thanks be to God that I'm able to do the thing that I love and have a family mm-hmm. and... Uh, do all these other amazing things, you know? And I think one of the things connected to what we were talking about last week about, like, the pro-life march, I think one of the things that allows us to get in trouble is when we dehumanize somebody. Even now with, like, fantasy sports, right? Fantasy mm-hmm. baseball, fantasy football, fantasy hockey, fan- you know, all fantasy golf they even have. Like, these people become commodities where they could literally be, like, bought and sold. Mm-hmm. Um, Not actually, but it's it's a, it's enough that it's, like, it should make us pause and be like, is this, is this on the up and up? <laughs> yeah, and I think we always have to kind of, um, you know, reassess where we are. Are we dehumanizing them or are we remembering that they're people? That they have a family, they have stress, they have things going on, and we have to be accepting of that fact. But I think what you said um, about the NCAA, like that's like that's almost you can make the argument. And I'm not an expert on like NCAA rules and stuff, but you could make an argument that it's exploitation. I mean, like I think of. You, the, the NCAA rules state that you can't sell a player's likeness, like you can't sell a player's jersey um, with with their name on it because that then they're forfeiting their amateur stat or whatever, whatever it is. But like you, if you have a marquee player, let's say the marquee player on the football team, the number is 26, and you go to the bookstore and you see the number 26 jersey on there, you know they're, the people are trying to buy this kid's jersey. Right. You know, they're they're yeah. putting these kids out there, and and I said, I said that before. These are kids. These are 
they when they're freshmen in college, they're 17, 18, 19 years old. They're kids. Right. They're put they're putting them in these high pressure situations under the spotlight, under public scrutiny. Uh, mind you, they're still they still have to take classes. They still gotta study for tests and all this stuff. Uh, and it's yeah. for the same things that we're all this pressure that we put on uh, pro athletes, we're also putting on kids. You know? Yeah, I don't, and I don't know how they how they get away with some of that stuff. You know, it, I'm a I'm a big uh, St. John's basketball fan, and you know they're they haven't uh, been good in a long time. But <laughs> back when they were good, I used to I used to buy St. John's basketball jerseys. And you're right, like it was always like the number that of the best player, like at the time, like you know if it was like. And I had a number fifteen St. John's jersey. Like it was, it was run our test. Like that's who it was. You right. Know, it was Meta World number Peace. Thirteen. Yeah, Meta World Peace, or you know, the panda's friend, or whatever he's going by now. <laughs> Is but, that his name? You changed. I think it, it was. A, I, I think it was a. It was like a, a half like joke oh, thing okay. that when he went to play in, J- in Japan, he was going to change or China, he was going to change his name to uh, the panda's friend. <laughs> but it never actually but, happened. Yeah, and I think like the idea like the they're not allowed to make money, and like the university makes millions of dollars off of them. Millions, and and all their and even if they're caught with like I remember who was the there was like a famous case where the player got some money, um, to feed his family. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I know I can't think of the the program. His mom like he was gonna lose his his mom was gonna lose her house or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he got like an advance. To, to pay whatever they needed to pay, and that this, the university got into a lot of trouble. And there was another there's, kid there's who got a like a, free, a kid. That, yeah, there was a kid who got a free tattoo or something like that. And then that was yeah. they got in trouble. The, the university got in trouble for that. And then you have like things that are legitimate, like scams and like you know, yeah, like having a kid do your homework for you and take right. your tests for you, right? Like that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, um, but but like back to the money thing, it's like. You got these these college football coaches making more than NFL coaches or more than someone on the NFL coaching staff and then a kid working their tail off to make grades. You like to think that they're working their tail off to make grades and to make this roster, you know, for for what? Just a, just a free room. They're putting their bodies on the line for right. this for the school. For free room and free meals, and yeah. and and the best team in in the NCAA, so like Alabama won, right? How many of those kids are going to play in the NFL? Less than half the team. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was it like 10, 10 kids from or seven people from Alabama? I don't know. I don't have the stats in front yeah. of me, but it was it was less than fifteen. Yeah. So it's like, and there's 50, what, 55 players on the... Uh, 43, 53 on each NFL roster. Right. So how many on and a... 10 practice squad. How many on an NCAA team? Oh, they, it's up to the team. They can have as many as they want, I think. Okay, so the vast majority of that team will never play in the NFL, mm-hmm. and they're being, to a certain extent, exploited. And it What's makes crazy me- is... If you could put the uh, the jersey name on the back of the like the name on the back of the jersey, the the and and give some of the royalties to the players, the, the I bet you the university would make even more money. Yeah, probably, probably, because and then, more wait, people would buy the jersey that the name was on the back. Mm-hmm. 
and then we could uh, maybe for another day we could talk about if it's even ethical to watch football, knowing that most of these people are gonna die horrible deaths for playing the game. Yeah, the the whole CTE conversation could we could be here for hours talking on that one. <laughs> Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we I, I feel like we'd be talking about this on a lot brighter note if the Jets or Giants were in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we would. Yeah, we would probably be just so. I'd be so sick. This whole like the two weeks, I'd be sick, so nervous to watch the game. If the Jets were in it, yeah. Oh man, I'll never forget watching the the Giants, the last Giants Super Bowl at your house, and someone significant other talking throughout the entire game. (laughs) I wasn't there for that. I was just. I remember. Everyone, be quiet! Everyone, be quiet! Well, why don't they just run the ball? No one speaks! No one speaks! No talking. Oh, gosh, man. I, I said to my brother once, and he agreed with me, he, that if the Jets ever make it to the Super Bowl, there's four people that we can watch the game with. My dad, my mom, my dad's friend Mahoney, and his son Tim. So, like, only six of us could watch that game. Sorry, Megan. Yeah, I don't, she doesn't listen. She, the, This poor girl. Uh, uh, she ruined this World my, Series my, my friend, My dad's friend, Mahoney, his daughter. When the hmm. Jets were playing the Steelers in the ASC Championship. They were, we were all watching. That, that those were the people watching the game. And then her and her mom were coming, too. And as soon as they rang the doorbell, the Steelers scored a touchdown, and like the Jets never were able to come back after that. Oh and man! So like everyone blamed her. For and the, the Jets World Series losing. too. Didn't she sit? Didn't she mess up the? No, that the was my mom. Said, my oh. dad, my brother said my mom moved her seat, and that's why the Mets didn't make it to the World Series in two thousand six. <laughs> obviously, obviously that's crazy. Yeah. But she literally rang the doorbell. I mean, I don't personally believe it's her fault, but there are still some people in, in our family that do. But uh, it's pretty funny watching like a sporting event with somebody who's like not like a fan, or like especially not even like a fan of the sport. I remember um, my best friend being over when the Giants were in the Super Bowl, and I just I did not want to take my eyes off of the the, the TV. I just was like, and he was like, like it was over, and he was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know. And I'm like, me and my dad are like hugging it out, like going crazy, like ready to like pop open the champagne bottles. And, you know, he was like, hey, I want to go play Anything is possible. <laughs> Kevin, go I'm ahead. like, no, I want to watch the next like five hours of interviews after the game. Yeah, I'm not so going, I, you don't understand. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that. And, and they don't. They don't. And they're probably better off for it. Yeah. Your best friend's probably excited for This Is Us after the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh man, I don't think so. <laughs> Did you guys watch that show? Did you guys watch that show? I I've seen Justin episodes, does. but I don't. Justin does. I have no desire to watch a show like that. Yeah, I, I that's how I kind of feel. It's like a little bit too emotional for me. I, my heart can't handle that at this point in my life. Yeah, dude. I don't know if you know this about Joe, but he um, he has a hole in his heart. That he fills with that he fills with celery soda <laughs> and kombucha. <laughs> All right. Well, I think well for 
the final question, um, right before this was recorded, um, the President Trump gave the State of the Union address. So uh, after listening to the State of the Union address, I think one of the things that um, that he was talking about was something that's a very important topic like immigration. What did you think about Trump's comments on immigration? Well, I was actually uh, reading some scripture uh, relating to this, and the one piece of commentary that I would say would be... Amen! Oh, man, I thought I was going to make such a good tie with scripture in my response to this, but it was just out of time, I guess. If you want, you can tell us. We'll extend it. Since Go Senior, on. Since much Senior McDonald technically banished the final eight man and just kept answering the question that we didn't want him to answer. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me answer. Let me answer the question. Yeah. He had a good answer, though. So. Oh, man. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Joe, do you have any final words? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just uh, weekly, well, on my regular... Reminder to hold the vision and uh, trust the process. <laughs> Nolan? Um, whoever listens to this, I love you. Thank you. And keep God it, bless you. God bless you. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.